the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. As a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. Satera is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. Chris McKay is not affiliated with Satera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Bob Jones is an employee of Rosenthal Wealth management group and affiliated with Satira. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Well, welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And Larry Rosenthal is here in studio with us once again. Hello, Larry. Good morning. Well, good morning, Chris. And how are you today? I'm doing pretty well, doing pretty well. How are you feeling this week? Last week you had a little bit of a Larry King thing going on. I did. Feeling much better. Had a little bit of an allergy, head cold thing. But, you know, hey, okay. comes and goes, right? It comes, comes and, goes. and goes. But you're healthy today. That's good. That's good. What are we doing? Well, what are we doing? We're talking on the radio. <laughs> Very good. Okay, let's do that. Sounds fun. What would you like to do? I'd love to do that. That sounds great. All, All right, right I, talk. I, I tell you what, I'll listen to you talk. That's much, much Oh, better. there you go. You want to kick the ball over to my court. Now right. I get it. Yeah. All right, now I get it. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. Uh, you know, you can catch us on, uh, well, you're probably already listening to us here on Sirius XM Channel 131, as well as in the D.C. Baltimore uh, area on WAVA 105.1 FM. Again, it's Saturday morning, which means it's open mic Saturday. No questions barred at all. Give us a ring with any questions that you have on the economy, the markets, mortgage rates, interest uh, uh, interest rates going up, inflation. What's going on with uh uh, the the stock market and and, and uh, international versus domestic estate planning, insurance investments, whatever's on your mind today, give us a call. It's open mic Saturday at eight five five rose one two three. That's eight five five rose one two three or eight five five seven six seven three one two three. Well, you know this past week, Chris was a big event that happened in the marketplace. Yeah, and that was the September reading of inflation. So so let's just paint the picture here, and then I'm going to go through all the stuff that everybody's talking about and where we are and where we're getting ready to get to. Fair enough? Fair That's enough. That's what's going on today. So Thursday, uh, uh, Thursday morning at 8.30, we got the inflation number for August, and it was 8.2%. Consensus wanted it to be, believe it or not, at 8.1%. Missed it by a tenth, right? 
the market just tanked on that, only to turn back around and go up about 800 points for the day. So where are we? So in June, we had inflation at, at 9.1. In July, we had it at 8.5. In August, we had it at 8.3. In September, we had it at 8.2. Is it safe to say, here's the question, is it safe to say that the peak inflation is now through our, in our rearview mirror and we are levelizing, we are plateauing, we are stabilizing with where inflation is? Is that safe to say at this particular point? Given the fact that every time the Federal Reserve raises interest rates, it takes several months for that to actually impact the economy. We've had a handful of raises thus far this year. We've had a couple. uh, We had a 25 basis points, a 50, a 75, another 75. And November 2nd, we're going to get another 75 basis points being raised. So here's where we are. In December... They had the Fed had already uh, telegraphed that they were probably going to raise another 50 basis points after the November rate hike of 75. But now people are talking about maybe they're going to raise it 75 basis points in in November and December. Either way, at some point, and we're not too far away from that point, the Fed's going to sit back and say, you know what, we're going to have to take a break, whether it's January or March meeting, whatever it is. At some point, they're going to take a break and see where we are with inflation numbers. Now, we're starting to see a lot of the – I'm looking forward to seeing what the October inflation numbers are the second week in November, basically just to see where we're at. You know, a lot of estimates now are starting to come out that we're going to see inflation get into the sevens by the end of the year. Some people are even talking about, you know, the the end of 2023 to see inflation down 45 to 5.5%. Once we start to see the Fed make its pause movement, the markets will most likely celebrate this. We've been talking about this for a while. We're almost through this cycle, okay? Um, and, and so this is a time to be patient. This is the, the patient year. 2022 is the patient year in the market as far as that goes. We've got to go through and break inflation. The Fed's going to do that. Now, at the same time, they're going to also try not to break it so hard that they break growth in the economy and create yeah, lots of it. unemployment. Yeah. And that's what the issue is right here. So, so they're trying to do that balance mix. So we're not quite there yet. But we're, you know, we're, 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 we're either approaching third base or rounding third base. Fair enough? Okay? Because this whole thing started back in January this year. So I'd say we're, we're rounding third base at this particular point in time. Well, I've got to ask you, Larry. I know a, a bunch of my friends, or a few of my friends are trying to sell their houses, and they, they were all excited about that. And then all of a sudden, whoa, everything came to a complete halt. Nobody's buying anything. Like overnight. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And and the reason why is because they're they're sitting here and they're going, Well, wait a second here. Most of the time, you know, you're gonna you when 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 you take a look at it, they, they may they may say, you know what, hey, it's 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 October fifteenth. Let's go put, put put a contract on this house. Let's say that house costs five hundred thousand dollars and let's say your payment might be twenty five hundred dollars a month, but then all of a sudden you go to closing five weeks later or whatever it may be, and your payment now is three grand a month because interest rates have gone up two percentage points. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's one of the causes. And then people will sit back and they'll look and they'll say, well, wait a minute, if interest rates are going up so much and we're starting to see more inventory come on to the housing marketplace and we're seeing people back out of their home deals, 
Prices should What's happening to prices? Yeah. Prices are dropping down. Well, you know what? Maybe I'm okay in my home now because I have equity in my home. I'm sitting here. I don't have to move. And why would I go through all of that just to go ahead and move and then start to lose value in the new home? So, so that's, that's a lot of what's going on right there. Are we going to get to a place where the prices come down and the interest rates come down again? At some point, well, what will happen from that standpoint, you'll see housing prices go down first, and then you'll see it followed by interest rates. Mm-hmm. Now, interest rates are, 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 are going to eventually come back to, 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 uh, to, to sort of what I would call a float. Okay? What I mean by that is the markets are going to push interest rates up and down. Right now, it's being driven by the Fed mm-hmm. because the Fed is raising interest rates. And when the Fed raises interest rates... They can't touch the 30-year mortgage loan or the 10-year mortgage loan. They can only affect the short end of the curve, the, 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 the very short end of the curve, okay? But as a result, those mortgage rates are also going up uh, w- w- when you take a look at it. You know, and the yield curve is, is inverted right now. Even the three-month note gets a higher yield than the 10-year note. And traditionally, that has shown signs of a recession down the road, you know, uh, 8, 10, 12 months down the road. We'll have to wait and see. And, and, and that's what a lot of the talk is now is are we going to go into a recession? And if the Fed continues to over-tighten for too long, that could push us into a big stall and drop us into a recession. At the same time, if the Fed backs off, all right, then that may give us a softer landing. And, 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 and there's two, there, you know, there's, that's a great debate right now. If you look at all the business channels and read all the articles and, and do the talk shows, that's the great debate. Are we going to end up in a recession? If so, is it going to be a deep, dark one, or is it going to be a short, shallow one? On the other hand, are we going to end up not in a recession? Because if you take a look at the underpinnings of the economy, corporate earnings are still coming in positive. You know, the consumer's strong, Chris, and, and, and unemployment is still low. You know, and unemployment being low is also driving some inflation pressures because people's wages are still steady. You know, people aren't getting laid off. And and that's a good thing for families. But at the same time, once you start to see layoffs coming into the marketplace, you know that inflation is going to also be dropping because people will have less money to spend because right. their wages won't be going up as much as well. So so all of these things sort of have a domino effect on each other. They will cascade and follow one one will follow another when it when it comes to all that. But you will see uh, housing prices continue to, 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 to come down a little bit, but it doesn't mean it's going to be like a 2008 financial crisis where Mark, where uh, uh, housing prices just plummeted to the basement. Oh. Uh, they'll probably come down. You know, remember, we're still about 5 million or so uh, homes under inventory, and the millennial generation is 27 to 34 years old right now. They're trying to buy homes. So, we're, you know, we're still looking for that parity in, in our equilibrium, if you would, in, in, the, in the housing market. You kind of have to buy a little less home right now if you need to get one, if you're in the millennial area, I would think. That's probably happening, you know, that, 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 that is. So, so, you know, stay tuned. Over the next three or four weeks, we're going to see more, more little pieces of data that comes out from the Bureau of Labor Statistics on, on what, what makes up the overall inflation formula. We'll see that coming out here. And then, uh, you know, again, we're just four weeks away from the October inflation number. So we'll see how that reads. Uh, but be- before that, though, we will get a Fed meeting on, on November 2nd. But at the same time, it is corporate earnings season. Kicked off this past week. It's 77 companies report last week. And the big banks reported on Friday. Um, you know, some of them just blew it out of the water. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, corporate America is in a good spot. 
and 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 actually going into this engineered economic slowdown by the Fed right now, corporate balance sheets are stronger than they've been since the 1980s, and banks' balance sheets are stronger since they've been in 2008 and 9 since the financial crisis. So, so things look pretty good in the underpinnings of the economy as far as that goes. We've just got to push through this cycle right here and break down some inflation numbers. And you can really take a good look at the M2 supply of money. That's what needs to, to sort, of, sort of come down. Uh, and, and it's starting to, and we'll, we'll, we'll start to see more of it. But it's going to be a stubborn level for a while. I think we're going to stay in this plateau range for a while. And we'll see what the next few meetings uh, come, come off with the Fed. So the markets will probably stay in this trading range going up and down until we see inflation get some confidence that it's coming back down again. So, hey, it's open mic Saturday. Dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. Before we take this quick break, though, here, I do want to announce that coming up on October 25th, October 25th, uh, Tuesday afternoon from 12 to 1 Eastern and then from 6 to 7 Eastern p.m., we're going to be having a Roth conversion webinar. You can go to my website today, LarryRosenthal.com, click on the webinar button and sign up for it. There's no cost for it. And let me tell you this, now is a fantastic time. It's, it's one of the best opportunities we've really had in years to look at converting to a Roth IRA. And the reason why is because think about this. Think about your growth stocks that last December were at an all-time high, and now they're 20 30% lower. You can move those shares of those stocks in your IRA, your mutual funds, your ETFs, or your stocks in your traditional IRA right over to your Roth. Do a conversion and still keep the ownership of those shares. And then when the markets come back at some point down the road, it all comes back on the tax-free side of your ledger. So I've always said for years and years, everybody who has a traditional IRA needs to look at the pros and cons in your family of converting part, parts of it or all of it to the Roth. Now's a good time to do that. So we're going to be going over the ins and outs on that. It's going to be uh, October 25th, Tuesday afternoon, October 25th. There's no cost for this webinar. It's going to last an hour. It's going to go from 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern, and then we're going to do the same thing again live from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern as well on the same day. So go check it out at my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Click on the webinar button right there and go ahead and sign up. Uh, you're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. We're back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. There are still too many countries that give little or no assistance to disabled children. In third world nations, these children could be left alone while parents try to eke out a living. About 10 years ago, residents of Prince William and Fauquier counties in Virginia formed Children with Disabilities Fund International. It focuses on the needs of disabled children. CDFI's current work in Jamaica and Kenya supports about 300 disabled children and their families. For some of these children, they're getting the care they need for the first time in their lives. CDFI recently began an individual child sponsorship program in an effort to better meet the needs of these disabled children. 
To choose your child to sponsor, go to thecdfi.org. That's thecdfi.org. Your gift will help transform not only a disabled child's life, but the lives of their parents and of the surrounding community. Go to thecdfi.org. Make a difference. Go to thecdfi.org. Right now with your questions, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Coast to coast from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Well, welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. It's the number to call. That's 855-ROSE-123. To talk to Larry Rosenthal here live in studio with us today. Larry. Sure, and hey, listen, if you're also on our website looking at the Roth webinar, uh, Roth conversion webinar, also check out our blog here. We've got an article on there. It sort of goes through the S&P 500. Um, you know, it gives you the, the ins and outs and how the index is made up, and it, it sort of dispels a lot of misnomers about how the index is made up, and is there actually 500 companies in it or <laughs> not? I'm not going to tell you that answer. You've got to go check it out and, 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 and read it yourself. Make us but do some surprised. homework? Come on. A little bit of homework, Chris. Yep, a little bit of homework there. So, so you know, last week we were talking a little bit about uh, some estate planning things, and I want to just sort of continue that this week a little bit in estate planning. And, and you know, when, when you're looking at distributing assets to your heirs or charities, a lot of people have investments um, and insurance policies, and they own assets like homes and cars and things that if they're all properly titled, they have beneficiary forms attached to them, right? So there's a couple of components inside of a beneficiary form that people really need to be aware of. One, and the beneficiary form defaults to something called per capita versus per stirpes. And what does that actually mean? Well, it, it's very important. And if you don't understand this, if you didn't have a conversation with your advisor about per capita or per stirpes, you might want to pull out your beneficiary forms and take a good look at them. Um, from from the standpoint of of uh, how do things play out and per capita means that when the beneficiary, for example, if there were if if you have uh, an, an investment account, an IRA, and your beneficiary form is fifty percent to one child, fifty percent to another child, and and it's per capita, that's exactly what happens. When you pass, you go to heaven. You don't need this money anymore. Fifty uh, percent goes to one child. Fifty percent goes to another child. But what happens if, if one child has, let's say, some, some children, maybe, maybe your grandchild, right? And so what would happen if that one child passed and then you passed and then the rest of, and then where does the money go? If the beneficiary form is per capita, then it's going to go all of it to the second child, accidentally disinheriting the grandchildren from the first child. So a lot of times people will say, well, wait a minute here. I want 50% to go to my one child and 50% to go to my other child. And if something happens to either one of them, then we want, we, we, we want them to go ahead and, and, and have the assets follow down their bloodline, right? So that's where the term per stirpes comes in. So, so when you have per stirpes beneficiary, if something happens to you, money goes to first child, Half of it goes to the first child, half of it goes to the second child. Very simple. But under per stirpes definition, again, what happens if the first child passes? 
and then you pass, and the first child had a, had a, had a grandchild, now his or her 50% that would have gone to that child now follows down their bloodline to the grandchild, and the other 50% goes to the other remaining child, okay? So it's important to really sit down and take a look at your beneficiary forms. We ask people, we ask new clients all the time, let me see how your beneficiary forms are actually filled out because we want to do this audit for them so that when they, the accounts come over, we can match and, and make sure it's correct. And, and, and I would suggest very strongly that you also do your beneficiary form audits every year, 18 months, two years or so, just to make sure the institution hasn't made a mistake in updating their software or something hasn't changed in your family. It's really important. Because at the beneficiary table, if you will, you want to really make sure that things are, 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 are done appropriately, right? So, so that, that um, there's no problems and everybody understands and, and, and it's very you know, easy and a very bad uh, time for everybody's life right there. So it's important to really understand. If you want to get a copy of the beneficiary, we have an actual beneficiary kit that we can send out to people. That really breaks down and, and, and gives you an understanding of, of per capita beneficiary versus per stirpes beneficiary and how it will really play out in, in family examples. And a lot of times this is very important these days because of second marriages with, with uh, blended families. Okay, and you really need to understand how these assets cascade down and the tax impact with all of these, and especially with homes too. You know, real estate's one of the hardest assets to pass on. How are you going to pass on that home? Should it be should it be dropped into a trust? Should it have a, a, a TOD beneficiary attached to it? Lots of different questions when it comes to real estate as well. So, uh, but again, if you want to get a copy of, of how it all works, give us a ring at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, give us a call with any of your financial planning or investment questions. You're listening to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment. Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More making money sense in a moment. We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However, can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives.
Did you know the effects of domestic abuse cost over $8 billion a year in the United States alone and contributes to homelessness, gang activity, and teen pregnancy? Do you know that you can make a positive difference in the countless lives of those affected by domestic abuse and live fearlessly in every area of your life? Well, join us Sunday, October 23rd from 1 to 4 p.m. for the ultimate love, fear not, luncheon. Visit www.timetofly.org to register. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. Proper financial planning starts with a firm foundation. Don't jump up to the third rung of the ladder when you're trying to climb to the top of the roof. Make sure your insurance is aligned properly. Make sure you have the right types of homeowners, auto, umbrella, disability, long-term care, life insurance, just to name a few. Financial planning starts with a firm foundation, and that foundation is your insurance. Then take a look at your cash flow. Are you able to save money? Save it in the proper places. Retirement planning, traditional IRAs, traditional 401K plans, Roth IRAs. Make sure that the dollars are actually working for you towards your investment objectives. your questions 855-767-3123 that's 855-ROSE-123 coast to coast from the nation's capital this is the Larry Rosenthal show well welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal show 855-767-3123 855-ROSE-123 nothing like live radio is there Larry wow <laughs> wow for those of you that are on YouTube you probably saw all that happen right <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're back now. That's what matters. Yes, my computer. Right in the right at the start after the, we came out of the last break, my computer decided we're doing an update, <laughs> and uh, boom! I lost everything. <laughs> lost all my notes, the video, the screener, everything. So, but I you just, were a consummate professional. You I were just started all... talking off the top of my head. You know, it's <laughs> just whatever. But then, uh, anyway, we're back. Anyway, let's get back to the show here. There How you, you doing? So, speaking of that, you can check us out live streaming the video, the the show this morning on LarryRosenthal.tv, and don't forget to go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our our webinar, our Roth conversion webinar, coming out on October 25th, a couple times there, noon and then 6 p.m. as well. It's going to be live. You you'll have an opportunity to ask questions, uh, and and so we want to give you a lot of information on that. It is it is a unprecedented time in in the last many many years I don't know how many it's been that uh, uh, you can do a good Roth conversion so so check it out we're gonna go through the do's and don'ts of it all uh, as far as all that goes you know in first Timothy 6 18 and 9 and, and 19 it says uh, they are to do good to be good to be rich in good works to be generous and ready to share the foundation for the future I'm sorry, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of what writ of of that which is truly life. You know, mm -hmm. so the Lord talks, you know, it, it's the Lord, really. It's not about how many stocks are in your barn. Right. It's 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 the Lord is what we want to have the relationship with and, and make, you know, nothing come oh, before amen. him amen. as far as that goes. You know, I was watching a sermon uh, just this past week. And then uh, the pastor was talking about how many times, over 2,000 times, the Lord talked about money in the Bible. 
right? And, and faith about 490 sometimes and, and prayer about 500 times. So, so think about that, you know, and, and money used wrong, money used incorrectly can become a form of idolatry. You know, uh, and and uh, that's not the purpose of it. We need to understand what our role is with money. We need to put money in its place. You know, it's a tool to be used, uh, used for good, used mm-hmm. to further the Lord's kingdom. You know, used to help us in spreading the word. It's it's not to be used to get more and more uh, things all the time, right? It really you know? can do some good if it's used in the right way. It really can help. Exactly, exactly. Can't let it control you by any means at all, by any means at all. Mm-hmm. So some open-ended retirement questions here. If you think about, you know, getting ready for retirement, one of the questions that, that I get asked often a lot is, and this comes from a commercial, is, hey, what does my number need to be? What, what, what do I have to save up, you know, in order to get, in, in order to have the lifestyle that I want to have? What, what is the number that I need to have? And, and I would tell you this, you sort of want to back into that number. How much do you need? Take a look at the question a little differently when you're trying to prepare yourself economically for retirement. I want you to look at the question from a different slant now. Not how much do you need saved up, but do you like your current lifestyle? Let's say you're 60 years old and you're thinking about retirement, you know, and you're going, all right, well, you know, how much do I need? No, it's a different question. Do you like your current lifestyle? Mm. Because that's what you need, not how much. Bob said right? he'd be okay with $30 million. That would be about uh, $30 million? It'd be good for him. You know, I, I've seen him swing a bat, and he's just not there. He can't <laughs> get that contract yet. He's just not there. He's got to work on his, on, his, on his forearm movement a little bit better. So just keep your hands inside, Bob. But anyway. <laughs> Um, um, you know, so, so you really want to think about what your current lifestyle is. Do you like your lifestyle? Do you want to add to your lifestyle? Do you want to reduce your lifestyle when you move into retirement? Those are the things that you really need to start to, to start to really think about and sort of analyze your expenses. And I want you to analyze your expenses in, in two different ways. One is your core minimum living expenses. Well, let's see. I may or may not have a mortgage. I've got to have food. I've got to pay for insurance. I've got to have vacations. I've got to do all this stuff. What's your baseline need that you need each month, right, to live after tax? Then what is your lifestyle? And then what is your giving program, okay? So, so those are the sort of three legs to the stool, if you would, when you take a look at how much do I need in retirement, do I like my lifestyle? What do I need to do to keep my lifestyle? And then what are the bare bones minimum that I have to have each month to maintain my lifestyle? And then or and, and then what's my giving program? So those are the two or three big sort of tiers or pillars, if you will, that hold up the leg, legs of the stool to really be, be thinking about it. It's not just some crazy number that's out there that people just go, oh, well, this is what I need, and then everything will be taken care of. No, well, let's, let's stop and think about it for a second you know, on, on what it is that you really need. You know, and then a lot of people will also make the mistake of saying, well, look at all the equity I have in my home. Well, that's true. Look at the equity that you do have in your home as you approach retirement or get to or, or are in retirement. But in order to tap into that equity, what must you do? You've either got to mortgage that property or sell it and cash out. Where are you going to live? 
And if you mortgage it, you're going to have to pay a, 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 a mortgage interest and, and pay back a loan, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to use equity in your home? So when we run a financial plan for clients, we, we put their, their home value and their equity on the balance sheet, but we do not include it in their financial plan for income needs at all, unless they say, well, you know, three years from now, we're going to sell the home, cash the money out, buy a less expensive home for cash, and then take, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars and maybe invest it out of the property at that point. Then we would go ahead and look at putting it in there. But at this particular point here, you know, before we get that those those uh, uh, decisions made in a financial plan, you just carry it on the balance sheet. So it's really kind of a non-item when it comes to retirement cash flow uh, standpoint. So, so those are some of the open-ended questions that you need to be asking yourself. Do I like my lifestyle? Is my lifestyle okay? And what are my bare-bone needs for my lifestyle? What are my what are my uh, just to cover my monthly obligations each month? And then. What, am I, what, what do I want to do to enjoy my lifestyle? And then do I have a giving program, you know, to, to, to charities, churches, and things like that? So those are some of the basic questions you want to do and look at. And you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and on the first page there, there's a video that will pretty much show you how a financial plan looks and is constructed, uh, you know, as far as all that goes. So, so good information there. But but I, I wanted to bring that up because we get we get a lot of questions week in and week out about well how much do I need you know what's my magic number and another question I get often is how do I look compared to a lot of other people you know that's probably look, not a question to look at is it you're in competition I, with cr- yourself right that's right but Chris I get that question all the time okay I, I would have to say in the course of a year it's one of the most asked questions well how do I look compared to all your other clients how do I look compared to everybody. And I go, well, let's see. You got a head, you got shoulders, you know, and and you look you look pretty normal to me. How do I look um, compared to that rich guy over there? He's got millions and millions and millions of dollars. Well, you're not there yet. Yeah, and that's what I tell him. Exactly what you said is it doesn't matter. Yeah. You, you know, you, you're not as as well off as some, and you're you're better off than others yeah. financially, right? So so it doesn't really matter. What matters is what you're in competition with is your lifestyle. That's what you're in competition with. That's what you have to maintain. Mm-hmm. You know. And and people get into, well, you know, but what do you mean by that? And, and, and we're really talking about behavioral finance, you know. And so, so let's go down that road a little bit, behavioral finance. And people are like, well, what is behavioral finance? What do you mean by that, Larry? And so I was speaking with a client uh, just, just recently about this exact subject, behavioral finance. And I said, listen, I said, I said it's fall, right? Let's suppose that you're going to go look for a sweater this fall, Okay. And all of a sudden, you open up your bank account, and you've got Bill Gates money, right? You've just got all kinds of money now, and you look at your bank account, and you're like, well, that's good. I got all this money now, but, but I still need a sweater for the fall, right? So you go into the sweater store, and you look at the, at the sweaters, and you see a sweater there for 30 bucks. And you see there one for $80, and you see there one for $700, okay? And you're looking at the material and the weight and, and the warmth and the style and all that kind of stuff. And you go, you know what, this, this sweater here the, for, for, for the $700, I just don't see the value in it. Nor does it look you know? good on you, right? Or you don't like it. Yeah, yeah, and you're just like, I don't see the value in it. But, but the sweater for, for $80, it's thicker, it's warmer than the one for $30. 
that's the one that, that gives me the most value. So, so that's behavioral finance. Okay. Even though you have excessive money in this example to buy the $700 sweater, you're still going to buy the one that you perceive to have the value for what your needs are. That's behavioral finance. So think about this for a second. You have spent 20, 30, 40 years working, and you have developed financial, behavioral finance patterns your entire life. Just because you move into retirement doesn't mean you change them. Trust me, you do not. You still, regardless of how much money you have saved up, go into that store and you buy the sweater of the value of your choice. Mm. Because you have excess money at some point doesn't mean you go buy that $700 sweater just because it's a $700 sweater. Mm. Okay? So behavioral finance are, 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 are habits. Uh, that's what I could call it. Habits that you have formed for many, many decades. And you're going to continue to carry that into your financial planning retirement life. And that's why the question is so important not to ask, how much money do I need? But the question is important to ask, what is my standard of living? Because that's what you have to ask. Well, you, you have to make that conversion, your... right? You've got to convert what that standard of living is into dollars and how much to make. Correct. Yeah. Are you happy with your standard of living? That's what you want to shoot for yeah. in your retirement plan. It's, it's, it comes down to behavioral finance. And once you start looking at it that way, it's an entirely different scenario. It's an entirely different formula when you look at retirement planning. And let me tell you something. When you understand that, it takes the anxiety away from it. It really does. It takes the anxiety away from it and lets you get on with the next chapter of your life. So, so hey, give us a ring here this morning. It's open mic Saturday. Any questions at all, 855-ROSE-123. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Do you know the effects of domestic abuse cost over $8 billion a year in the United States alone and contributes to homelessness, gang activity, and teen pregnancy? Do you know that you can make a positive difference in the countless lives of those affected by domestic abuse and live fearlessly in every area of your life? Well, join us Sunday, October 23rd from 1 to 4 p.m. for the Ultimate Love Fear Not Luncheon. Visit www.timetofly.org to register. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. Proper financial planning starts with a firm foundation. Don't jump up to the third rung of the ladder when you're trying to climb to the top of the roof. Make sure your insurance is aligned properly. Make sure you have the right types of homeowners, auto, umbrella, disability, long-term care, life insurance, just to name a few. Financial planning starts with a firm foundation, and that foundation is your insurance. Then take a look at your cash flow. Are you able to save money? Save it in the proper places. Retirement planning, traditional IRAs, traditional 401K plans, Roth IRAs. Make sure that the dollars are actually working for you towards your investment objectives.
offering sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123 is the number to call if you'd like to dial in. We've got a few lines available for you if you'd like to try now, 855-767-3123, Larry. So, Chris, a lot of people get on Medicare at 65, right? And their their cost of Medicare premiums is based on the standard rate plus their tax return of two years prior. So it's 2022 right now, and people that are on Medicare, uh, the IRS goes, well, here's the story on your tax return. In 2020, you exceeded the limits of the IRMA tax, which means your Medicare ta- your Medicare premium is an extra 50 bucks a month. Some cases, it can be an extra few hundred dollars a month. How do you deal with that? How do you fix that? Well, first of all, there's an exception form that you can send in if it's a one-time hit on your tax return or something like that. But I've talked about this before, and this is one of the areas. I've talked about this product before, and this is one of the application areas. It's called a donor-advised fund. For example, you can say, you know what, listen, I give to charities each year. I give to my church each year, things like that, missions and stuff. In order to minimize my taxes this year, I'm going to go ahead and put one or two or maybe three years of contributions into a donor-advised fund, get a much larger tax deduction, up to 60% of my adjusted gross income, by the way, um, and anything that's left over, you can carry forward five years. So, So you get the first year plus five. My point is that you can use a donor-advised fund to put last-minute monies into and get a tax deduction to lower your taxes below that extra surtax on your Medicare. Take it one step further also, and let's pretend that you're looking to, let's pretend you're retired and you're saying, you know what, there's two reasons why people convert money to Roth IRAs. One, they want to get tax-free income for themselves further down the road, and the second reason is they want to pass assets on to their heirs. But by making a conversion sometimes, it throws you up into a higher tax bracket. Well, if you sit back and you go, well, wait a second here, I give, let's say, you know, $500 a month to church or whatever it may be, and, and by, that, by making that conversion, I'm going to push myself in a higher bracket. Again, you can drop this money into a donor-advised fund, or maybe you can take some other assets and put it into a donor-advised fund and then lower your income taxes so that you're not jumping up into what we call tax bracket creep, going from a 12 to a 22% bracket or from a 22 to a 24% bracket or something like that. So take a look at donor-advised funds, especially people that, that are not itemizing. You know, this is one way that you might be able to get to that itemization uh, standpoint and be able to have more write-offs on your tax return. So when you're looking at Roth conversions, when you're looking at, at, at moving money around and, and making minimal tax impacts, sometimes a donor-advised fund is, can be used in a very positive way to minimize your taxes. Now, the beautiful thing about them is you get a, when you put money into a donor-advised fund, you get the tax deduction this year. But you do not have to distribute that money for 15 years to a charity. You can let it grow in there. You can talk. You can research and find different charities uh, before you let it uh, before you distribute it. So, uh, give it some thought. 
um, you know, they're becoming more and more popular for people, especially as we get into this tax crunch with Roth conversions and with Medicare tax and other different types of taxes and things like that. Let's welcome Bob on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Bob. How are you today? I'm doing well, Larry. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. How can I help you, sir? working since basically the bicentennial <laughs> and a few years back uh, I was with a company that switched from company drivers to um, contract drivers now uh, they only did that for a year and then we switched back to company drivers now in doing that I had paid my own taxes and everything else like that. Evidently, I missed paying the, the Social Security. And I just happened to notice uh, a little while back that there was a one-year gap in my Social Security earnings. Is that one-year gap going to affect my overall Social Security uh, receipts or no? Yes, it will. It's a 35-year formula, Bob, so it will get included in the formula. But you can go back and get that fixed, okay, by doing an amendment. You, okay. you, you can go back and do How long ago was that? Uh, about six years ago. Mm, that may be outside the window. I'd have to ask our CPA here um, if you can go back and fix it that far ago. Um, but we should look into that for you because that way you get credit for your your formula there. There's no sense in 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 that in that issue remaining a zero on your on your schedule. Right. It, it was just for that year. Yep, I understand. I, I've seen that before. And I know you can go back and fix it, but I don't know if it's outside the window to get it fixed. Um, let me put you on hold, and I'll have Bob in, uh, in the studio here get your information, and we'll give you a follow-up call. We'll get the answer for you for next week after we view, visit with the CPA on that, okay? That sounds great. I appreciate it. Absolutely, sir. I appreciate the phone call. Hold on. Uh, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's welcome Jesse on the line from Georgia. Good morning, Jesse. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? I um, I want to know whether or not Christians should be investing in cryptocurrency. Well, I, I you know, um, from from what standpoint? I think that 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 investments are an opportunity to 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 grow your assets whether or not you choose that type of an asset or or an individual stock or a bank account whatever you know you you want to continue to grow the dollars uh for yourself so you know that uh, crypto investment would go to your risk tolerance it would go to your liquidity needs uh all of that type of stuff um but but from the standpoint of of you know, I, I don't think it has anything to do with your your uh, religious beliefs because we're, our role is to be a good steward with everything that the Lord provides us with. You know, you right. look at the okay. you look at what the Lord said in Matthew with the with the tale of the talents. There, you know, uh, put the money to work. You know, let let it grow. You know, and then what are you going to use that money for? So that really goes to your your own risk tolerance there, 
um, as far as all that goes. So it's not for the it's not for the faint of heart. That's for sure. It's very volatile. Um, but uh, you okay. might be better off with more traditional type of investments. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's go ahead and welcome Francine on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Francine. How are you? Uh, I'm fine, Larry, but I'm hoping that you can give me some advice. My uh, hope for a retirement income is very bleak. Um, I'm 72 years old. I actually retired. I had seven years ago at 65, but I was not uh, prepared for retirement. I've actually been back working full-time for four years, and um, my goal was to retire at the end of next year, 2023. I, uh, of course, have really lost money uh, from my 401K in the past couple of years. And in fact, I only have about $60,000. I have a traditional 401k and also a Roth um, IRA. Uh, should I at this time, would you recommend just transferring everything to the Roth IRA or do you have any suggestions for me? I want to have the, to gain as much money during the next year as I can. So Francine, appreciate the phone call. And here's the way we have to sort of unpack this. We, we need to do sort of a cash flow analysis on what your monthly expenses are. Okay. And then what your guaranteed income is coming in from social security. We need to take a look at, at if there's a gap there, then as far as transferring your traditional, pardon me. I definitely could not live just off of Social Security. Then we need to take a look at your investments to see how we can generate an income distribution from those investments to make up any gap. Maybe there's part-time work involved there. Maybe there's different things that we can look at in order to, to, to bridge that gap that you have on your shortfall. But as far as taking a look now at moving everything from your traditional accounts to uh, or your traditional IRA or 401k over to the Roth, um, I would throw caution on that until we can get deep down into the weeds because when you make that transfer, that conversion, you're, that's creating a taxable event. So the question becomes, well, how much taxes is that going to drop into your lap and where are you going to get the money to pay for that? Because it sounds like to me we need to squeeze the water out of we need to squeeze squeeze each dollar as far as we can make it go for you right so I wouldn't jump into a Roth conversion right now without going through an analysis on all of that but here's what I want to do I want to send you out our financial planning toolkit and we're going to have an advisor give you a ring next week and we're going to sort of step you through these budgeting things taking a good deep dive look into everything and then we'll talk about conversions and investments and things like that to see what we can do to help you know bring together the shortfall that you have okay that's 
Sounds great. Thank you very much. Yes, ma'am, Francine. I'm going to put you on hold, and Bob will pick up in just a moment and get your contact information. I appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense. Dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. You know, it is important to, to, to really take a look at, at how much Social Security is going to be bringing in. You know, and by the way, we're going to be getting a raise, too, on Social Security, or, or not oh. me, but, but others will here soon. Right on Social Security. Yeah, you're uh, way too young to even think about that. I mean, you're like yeah, 20, 27, yeah. 28. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, but but uh, Social Security will be getting a raise uh, pretty soon. I, I heard it's going to be about eight percent, which is a pretty big jump, right? But that kind of goes to where inflation is also. So so that's an issue uh, by itself as well. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, lots of talk today and this past week about that that retirement budget, and I think it's because the markets are are pushed down a little bit. You know, uh, stay the course, stay the course. It's going to pass at at some particular point. But you know, in, in Social Security, when should you start Social Security? You know, you, if you if it's a you huge listen, question, we get that one a lot. We do. If, if you take a look at at when you should start it, you know, let's suppose you're you're you know, obviously early retirement in Social Security is sixty two, right? And and what happens if you you retire at sixty two and your normal retirement age, let's say, is sixty seven, and you say, well, you know what, I'm going to wait till I get to sixty seven to take my Social Security. Well, what's your break even point? First of all, your break even point is close to age eighty. Okay, it's close to age 80, depending on your benefits, anywhere from 79 to 81. So we'll call it age 80. So your, your break-even point is age 80. And now you're 62 and you're sitting there and you're retired and you're not making any money. And you say, well, you know what? I need, I need $1,000 a month for my savings and investments in order to supplement my income. So you start pulling $1,000 a month, $12,000 a year, right, out of your, out of your savings and investments. So that you can save taking money out of your Social Security account. So you're basically saying to the government, hey, listen, keep my twelve grand a year. I'm going to spend my own money down, and I'm going to never be able to make any interest on that money because I'm spending it down right now. All right? But you can keep my money. And, and so when you run out of financial plan that way, most times, not 100% of the time, but I'm telling you, 99% of the time, okay, it's it, the financial plan will tell you to take your Social Security in this example at age 62 instead of waiting to age 67 in this example because you are starting your withdrawal process of your own money. Think about that for a second. You can't pass Social Security on to your heirs, but you can pass the principal and interest earnings on to your, your heirs that you do not withdraw money from. Mm. So what about if you wait till age 70? It's the same calculation again. It's the absolute same calculation again. So, so when you're looking at taking Social Security, it's one of your biggest financial decisions, really, of your entire life. And you really want to make sure that you, you understand it and do it from a financial planning perspective on, on, on it all. Hey, let's go ahead and uh, let's welcome Denise on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Denise. How are you today? Oop, you there, Denise? I'm not hearing her. Put her back I'll, on hold. I I'll guess. put her back on hold there. We'll give her one more try. Denise, you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got yes. you. Hi, Denise. How can I help you today? Her. She's listening to the radio, I think. question about the Roth conversion. Um, normally, I guess you would uh, do a Roth conversion if you had cash to pay for the taxes. 
if you don't have cash, uh, I'm just thinking about the way to uh, to do it because it sounds like you would have to take money out of something else, pay taxes on that, and then uh, use that ta- that money to pay for the taxes on the Roth conversion. Yes. So, so Denise, there's there's sort of an order of priority here. You want to you you want to pay the tax on the Roth conversion out of the money that gives you the least opportunity to grow. So, I don't want you to convert the money and pay the tax out of the converted investment. It makes your break-even point further down the road. So, we would have to look out of savings, checkings, cash flow, other sources that have low probability of earning a higher rate of return like the market would at some point down the road. So listen, Denise, I'm going to put you back on hold. we got Frank on the line. I'm going to keep you on hold, too. I've got to close out the show, and I'll pick you all up in just about a minute or so. Appreciate the phone call. Hey, don't forget our Roth Conversion webinar coming up Tuesday, October 25th. You can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and register right there under the webinar button. There's no cost for it. we got a session from 12 to noon. I'm sorry, from noon to 1 and then from (laughs) 6 to 7 Eastern time. Uh, Just go ahead and click on those buttons there. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week. and We'll be back next Saturday with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.